0: Well, good evening. I'm just going to get this out a little further. So it's so good to see all of you tonight, enjoying burgers and hot dogs and chips. And uh, it's good to be with you. And I've been over here a few times. Uh, usually I'm at the other Crossroads campus uh, in and I was actually there this morning. So, kind of sharing the same thing that uh, we talked about over there this morning as well. So, uh, just, a, just a little bit about me. So, this is kind of the preface because it's important to the message. Uh, so, I'm not a big groups person. So, large groups and me, I just kind of put me in the back, don't bring attention to me, don't talk to anybody, just kind of mull around in the background. That's, yeah, some of you are feeling that. That's my preference. Now, you get me in a smaller group with, with four or five people, that's fun. I enjoy that. Uh, but, but larger groups, and, and so that has always created, for, for a long time in life, that created angst around like a Sunday gathering like this, uh, of a larger group of people coming together, church, whatever that looked like, and through, you know, I spent a lot of my life in church, but in all of that, kind of ultimately getting to a place in my life where I just didn't like showing up on Sundays. I didn't like showing up in large groups of people, and it kind of felt empty to me, uh, because, you know, I would go to church, hear some songs, hear somebody talk, and then leave and go home, but that was it. And there was this whole journey that that I had probably seven, eight years ago of just going, all right, Jesus, I, th- this, this whole thing is not working for me. And I kind of labeled it as this is the church, large gatherings, that's the church, and I don't really want anything to do with that. Jesus is like, so... You're just going to walk away from my church? And I'm like, no, no, that's not what I meant. I just don't like the big group thing. And, and it was this whole this whole kind of place of me falling back in love with the church again and understanding that the church is has so many diverse ways of expressing itself, uh, whether it's a large group, whether it's a really large group, but then also in smaller groups. And, and that's the part that I really want to kind of dive into just for a few minutes tonight is that small group setting, that place where, you know, sometimes we, we, hear, we hear things in large groups or we encounter something, but there's just something so special about being able to, to sit in a small group of people and share life together. Uh, and, uh, you know, we live in a culture, here's some quotes that I've heard recently we live in a culture that says homes are not built to share time with neighbors as in the past. They're now built for privacy. You know, we, we build homes and we go live inside those homes and we kind of try to shut everybody else out. Uh, things like, welcome to the 21st century, retreating from the busyness and intensity of work life. We come home, put the garage door down, close the fence, and escape. Our goal is to avoid people at all costs. cost us it does. We are a culture craving relationships, and in the midst of our crowded existence, many of us are living lonely lives. We live and work in a sea of humanity, but we end up missing out on the benefits of regular, meaningful relationships. And I go all the way back to the book of Acts in the Bible, and really the birth of what we call the church. And To understand the birth of the church, the very beginning of the church's existence, there were 120 120 people that gathered in in this room waiting for the promised Holy Spirit that that Jesus had promised to his church when he left. And then in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes And things start to get crazy and wild and the church is like doing just so many incredible things. But towards the end of Acts chapter 2, this is what it says about the church. It says, they spent their time learning from the apostles and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Everyone was amazed by the many miracles and wonders that the apostles worked. All of the Lord's followers often met together and they shared everything that they had They would sell their property and possessions and give the money to whoever was in need. Day after day, they met together in the temple. They broke bread together in different homes and shared their food happily and freely, all while praising God. Everyone liked them, and each day the Lord added to their group others who were being saved. It's the first multi-level marketing program in the history of the world. but think about it it's this just this beautiful picture of the early church going hey we're we're gonna we come together and, and you read a story right before this of where like three thousand people come to to become part of the church and they have the, these kind of massive events but then you read about the early church meeting in homes and doing what you're doing tonight sitting around a table breaking bread eating together and sharing life together. And when you hear about, I, to me it's pretty astounding when they talk about selling their position possessions and giving to those. You don't do that unless you actually know someone. You don't, you don't do that unless you actually know and fully understand the needs of the people you're around. And that doesn't happen till you get into relationships that are built in these smaller communities in these smaller groups. Um, what's crazy is Acts chapter 1, there were 120 believers that started. Acts chapter 20, scholars say that there were between 50 to 100,000 believers in a span of 20 chapters. And that didn't happen because they were having massive crusades and thousands of people were coming down to an altar. It happened because there was something contagious about the relationships that people were building in these smaller groups. And people were attracted to this relational concept called the church. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And those are the things that happen when we come in close contact. When we look somebody, in the, when, when I come over and I, I sit next to Jake, and, and Jake goes, Alan you know, that one thing you do kind of rubs me the wrong way and I go, okay, <laughs> but, but it's, it's that, it's that relationship that we have when we sit and look each other face to face and we sit in these groups and, and, and we talk about life and we talk about the reality of scripture and the reality of what Jesus is doing through scripture and so I want you to kind of get this picture in your head tonight. Think about a house. Think about a house that you walk in the front door. You know, the, you, you, you have a salesman come to your door. You know, now you just talk to him through the ring doorbell. You're like, hey, go away. Um, but if you're brave enough to open the, the front door and you let somebody into your foyer, you're kind of that, that entryway part of your house. It's, it's a formal setting. But, but you're getting to know someone, and it's, it's very just superficial. Um, and, and church, your first encounter with church can be like that. Maybe you attend a large setting, or, or you come to some event, and it's kind of, it's a little formal, and, and you're just, all right, I'm checking this out. We'll see, we'll see where it's going. And then you feel a little bit more comfortable you move into the living room. And, you know, at our house, when we have people over and we like to sit in the living room, maybe play games, talk about things, but you you really start to to get to know someone a little bit better. You're having conversations. But then that final step is what I like to call the kitchen table. And it's where you move beyond just kind of getting to know someone, but you're sitting around There's Something happens. What I love about Second Street, food, like, takes barriers away. Because all of a sudden you're enjoying a good meal or you're enjoying some food and and you just, you start talking, you start reaching across each other for food. And it's just this environment that just breeds authenticity and the ability to open up and share life with each other. And so this fall we're going to be challenging people to move from the foyer to the kitchen table. To move from kind of just sort of checking things out to, to stepping into deeper relationships in what we call groups. Um, and I just want to kind of end by sharing, I, I reached out to some of our various group leaders here at Crossroads. And they shared some really incredible insights with me. I asked them two questions. One of the questions I asked them is, because these are people that are already leading, or about to lead groups at Crossroads, I said, hey, why are you creating space in your life to lead a group? And these are some of the answers I got. Anything that, be, that can be done to save or strengthen a marriage is important. Somebody else said, relationships are built around tables where we can see each other face to face. Somebody else said that we have a desire to share what we are learning and sit at this spiritual table in communion as members of the body. Another person said that this group allows me to be more transparent among a small group of others who share in the belief of Christ. We support each other, we pray for each other, we show genuine love and kindness for each other, and we help each other with accountability. I feel the Holy Spirit speaks through us to each other, and I never leave a meeting feeling that I missed something. I leave it with more wisdom, courage, and understanding of where God wants me to be. That's why they make space in their life to be leading a group. Somebody else just said, I just want to share. I just want to share what God has done in my life with other people. Somebody else said that we weren't made to live in isolation, so they take time to be intentional about being in groups because of that. Somebody else said, this is an opportunity to do life together and to love and help each other as Jesus does for us. Another person said that it cultivates community outside of just a Sunday gathering. And so we have some incredible people at Crossroads that are, that are going to be leading groups this fall that you can get plugged into. And this is the reason why, because they believe in this. Um, I asked the second question, what are you hoping people will get out of your group? Said, one person said, more understanding and communication with their spouse. That's for a marriage group. You know, something we all need as, as, if you're married. Uh, somebody leading some of our women's groups said, authenticity and maturity are the goals of their group. Had a community group that said, we want people what do we want people to get out of our group? To be encouraged in the Lord, challenged by his word, and strengthened in their walk. Women's Bible study, it said it's a place where we build not only our knowledge, but we learn how to apply that knowledge and foster relationships. We have a group that's going to be right here at 2nd Street called Going Deeper, talking about the Holy Spirit. And they said that they want people to learn more about the Holy Spirit and the gifts provided through him and to experience a deeper connection to Jesus. Have a community group in this area that just said that we want people to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be strengthened. You see, these are all reasons why we have incredible leaders and and people that want to lead people in groups, because coming together in those smaller relationships are life-changing. And so I want to give you two steps tonight. One, get involved in a group. Um, we, we have a place on the website that you can find those, but that's not the only place. Uh, you have incredible leaders like Crystal um, here at this campus that if you're like, I don't know how to navigate the website, I can't get to the website, I whatever, that, that can help get you plugged into a group. Um, and, ma- and maybe that's just a step of joining a team. Maybe that just looks like, hey, I'm, I'm going to kind of start there, connecting with people, serving together. Um, or maybe it's, it's stepping into a group like going deeper. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is, is happening later this fall. Um, but then I would also challenge you with something else. Maybe God is stirring something in you. And you go, I'd like to create community. I'd I'd like to create a place for for people to come together and and to live life together. Um, Here's the thing. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to know Greek and Hebrew and all the Bible words. You've got to have a heart for people. And coming into a place that you go, you know what, I want to walk and do life with others. And I want to do that in a smaller setting. And so I... I just want to invite you into that tonight, and, and Crystal's a, a great resource. Some of our other, your other leaders here at Second Street are a great resource. I'll be here tonight. Maybe God is stirring something in you, and you just want to share that tonight. I'll be hanging out here for the next little bit and would love to, to just sit and chat about what that would look like for you. Um, but we've got, a, we've got a few questions right now at this time. Uh, just to kind of reflect on, on what it looks like to start living life in smaller groups, to start living life in relationship with others. Um, so, we're going to have them on the screen. That's uh, four questions. And I think you guys know the drill, right? Yeah, okay. So, kind of right at your tables, you can kind of gather up with those around you and, and talk about these questions.